This is Entrepreneurs The Playbook, where each week I bring you some of the greatest athletes, celebrities, and entrepreneurs to talk about their personal and professional playbook to success. Good morning, everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is today the BYOQ, and uh, we're here for over 20 years. And we got Nick setting the room on other platforms as well. All right, Nick. Thank you so much. I was just getting everything up running. Uh, it's a active day and uh, there's a lot of questions and this is my favorite thing. And you're right. The reason is, is that when we bring our questions, uh, I get to learn what people are listening for. Uh, and instead of trying to have people listen to me, I get to listen for, and uh, hopefully we got a lot of questions online here at BYOQ. Uh, so bring the questions. We'll bring the answers. Uh, I also want to invite people, if you're in Vegas for the rodeo, for the basketball, uh, just swing by the studio. We'll be there for the, the whole day in the lobby of the wind, filming these last three episodes of Sin 5 of Office Hours. And uh, we'd love to see you. Just stop by. You can even grab some lunch with us. We don't mind. And then we'll back uh, for CES. Uh, Dane Cook and I will be doing a conversation together if you like him and a little bit of a mastermind on January 9th. So reach out to Nick. We'd love to have you. Email me, david at dmeltzer.com. All right, Nick, enough wasted time. Let's answer some questions. All right, let's get rocking and rolling. And everybody, once again, that email for David is just david at dmeltzer.com, which, of course, you can find in the room chat as well. Now, with that said, David, I'm going to get over to Colleen for the first question of the day. So, Colleen, happy Friday. Feel free to unmute yourself and ask your question. Thanks so much. Good morning. Thank you. Happy Friday, everybody. Happy Friday. Okay, uh, Dave, my question is actually twofold. So, uh, we had talked about intuition, um, and I think it's such an important part of uh, finding a flow, really being able to tap into the knowledge that you have to apply it. Um, so first question is, how do you know when you feel that intuition? And second is, when you feel that intuition, how can you apply it to those skills, knowledge, and desire to really make sure that you have the best outcome in the situation that you're in? Yeah, so I think there's an interesting perspective to intuition. Um, a lot of people believe intuition has answers. I don't. I think intuition is a feeling that we get to raise our awareness that at some time, this information, circumstance, event, vision, whatever it may be, will have significance to protect and promote you. And what we really need to do uh, is not utilize it to align with anything, our skills, not our lot, knowledge or desire. What we want to do, just as if when we're learning, we want to capture that which resonates with us. Intuition is an indication that this is aligned with our frequency. And we do not want to, in my perspective, interfere with it with man-made constructive time intuition is an elevated awareness to something that will protect and promote us in the future too many people try to utilize some sort of understanding or knowing of their intuition some people try to use analysis or logic with their intuition and the two in congruent they're not 
on the same plane. And the man-made construct of time is on a different plane than the infinite, abundant, unified system of thought in which is indicating through intuition, raising your awareness, hey, this is something that is going to protect and promote you in the future. Make note of it. And remember, remind, and recollect it when that circumstance, event, person, etc., does come about. Uh, here, as I mentioned in Las Vegas, we're blessed to have one of the nicest studios in the lobby of the wind, right by the buffet. And when I take a break, I walk through the casino and remind myself of this lesson of intuition from the days when I gamble and play craps. And I remember, and I see it still as I walk through the casino, playing craps for hours on end, and then getting something like the heart eight, which is double fours. And when it hit, screaming at the top of my lungs, I knew it. Well, I didn't know it. I had played or bet on the heart eight for several different roles or sometimes more than several different roles. But eventually it hit because I had an awareness, something telling heart eight was going to come. Now, unfortunately, sometimes it came right away. And I thought somehow there was a reconciliation between intuition and the man-made construct of time. But most of the time, it, if I played long enough, it would show up. And sometimes it would create profit for me and other times it would just mitigate my losses. But I would pretend or lie to myself that I won. It was just math whether or not I won, but it taught me this valuable perspective that intuition is something that we should raise our awareness to and create a system to not only capture that which resonates with us, that is an intuitive feeling, but also that it is not within the realm of man-made construct of time. Therefore, I should capture it somehow, remember, remind it, and recollect it when necessary to protect and promote me. As I share that, I want to reiterate, this is my perspective, and it works for me. And it seems to work with a lot of my clients as well, but the different perspective of intuition. Uh, if you study physics, quantum physics, or metaphysics, uh, you will know uh, that separation in relativity of time and special relativity of time and exact relativity of time and simultaneous time uh, that mathematically or in applied mathematics will support, if you share that perspective, my analysis intuition of one, the execution or outcome exists on the man-made plane, man-made constructive time, and the intuition exists in the unified, abundant, infinite system of thought, which has special relativity or exact relativity of time according to the velocity or frequency that you vibrate at. But I may be going beyond myself or anyone here. And if anyone is curious about having that conversation, it's something that is super exciting to me. And uh, I am down the rabbit hole of studying time and utilizing relativity to create more co-create more in my life um, and have taught many people how to utilize time to be more productive to add more value 
more accessible to access what you want to be more accessible to others to allow them to access what they want of course more gracious and forgiving to deal with the light the love and the lessons that exist in all circumstances uh very very interesting subject matter and topic i have had that conversation uh with colleen and we'll continue the conversation as well uh hopefully it stimulated some sort of interest in how to utilize your intuition in a different manner uh thank you colleen um uh, very much that was awesome oh <clears throat> what a great way to start your day what do you say nick no better way to start than especially a very, very good question. So thank you so much, Colleen. You have set the bar very, very high for today's Asking Anything or BYOQ, as we call it. Um, and David, let's keep it running rolling. Another one here on Clubhouse, and then we can take one online. How's that sound? That sounds great. We will go over to Alex. Alex, happy Friday. Feel free to unmute yourself and ask David your question. Welcome. Thank you so much. Happy Friday, everyone. Uh, David, I know we had a ton of credible people in the studio yesterday. I'm just wondering, what is the biggest lesson or takeaway you have from yesterday's filming? Huh. Um, the biggest takeaway that I had was actually from the youngest uh, person there. And that was... Uh, Ellie Zeiler, um, she is an extraordinary young woman. Uh, she's an activist, she's an influencer, as I say. She's definitely not uh, spreading dis-ease, she's spreading ease. Um, she uh, has incredible wisdom, she's an old soul. Uh, her beauty exubes, exuberates, if that's a word, uh, externally and internally. Um, but the takeaway that I got, um, was that, you know, bends deep, um, you know, a lot of people talk about Gen Z and she's the master of, you know, I think her community is 13 million people at the age of 19. Um, but she holds it, uh, in the right perspective and, uh, if we have young leaders like Ellie Zeiler, as I utilize the comparative analysis of her compared to, you know, Damon John or, or Apollo Ono or, uh, you know, John Hennessy or, uh, there's so many great people that come on. I always forget was there, but we've had, you know, Tillman for Cameron, Cameron Diaz and, the, every great football player from Marshall Falk, Eric Dickerson, uh, Reggie Bush, it, it doesn't matter. Uh, we haven't hit our best and our potential is extremely uh, high. And if we have young leaders like Ellie Zeiler, uh, my biggest takeaway is how blessed we are uh, that we have a deep, deep bench of leaders that have an abundant mindset and have an extraordinary heart set and still maintain the consistent, persistent pursuit of their potential for the greater good. And I would have thought that would be my takeaway with all the, you know, John Gordons of the world and the Ed Milets of the world and the Sarah Wayne Collies of the world. And it was just amazing. She's amazing. And uh, every time she opened her mouth, or even asked a question or an answer, I was blown away. 
And so uh, I'd like to give a big shout out to her. Uh, she's uh, definitely the MVP um, and uh, just taught me so many different lessons. But the greatest lesson she taught me is our bench is deep. Absolutely love Allison David and could not agree more. Let's go ahead and take a uh, question from online and then we'll come back to Clubhouse here. I'll see, reset the room and then we'll keep moving and grooving with some live questions, okay? Yeah, I love that. So I'll just take a, you know, so many here. Keep the questions coming, everyone, uh, in all the different platforms. We'll get to you. And if not, you can come on or ask me anything on Mondays uh, here at the Breakfast of Champions. And you know, if I don't get your question, we do it every Monday. Ask me anything, usually around 3 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, I like this one. Do you have advice for a young aspiring entrepreneur about going to college or not? Um, you know, I have these conversations with one of my friends, Gary Vaynerchuk, um, because I believe people misinterpret uh, when someone says you don't need to go to college. That seems very true to me, that you wouldn't need to go to college, especially if you're an aspiring entrepreneur. Um, but what you really should do is see if college is aligned with your timing and risk tolerance of where you think you want to be or better as a young entrepreneur. Uh, there's many great uh, value going to college for entrepreneurs, and there's many great values of not going to college. Whatever you decide to go to college or not, make sure, number one, you know your timing and risk tolerance of going to college, but make sure you don't miss the boat. Make sure you don't miss the picture when all these entrepreneurs who are super successful, who have dropped out of Harvard, uh, or not gone to college, because there's a lot of them. Make sure you know one thing, they're educated. That although they did not align the way colleges educate us, they pursued their education in other ways. And so separate from and part and parcel to in the college, especially today, especially for entrepreneurs, make sure you allot a certain amount of time every day, a minimum amount of time every day to learn, to be educated, to find people who sit in the situation that you want to be in, whether it's in person on phone, email, or media, and find those people and learn from them. Those who are here today, we have been, you know, been free Friday trainings before the internet, 24 years. Everyone that's here today is utilizing some sort of methodology to be educated. And it may align better with your timing and risk tolerance as an entrepreneur than going to college and or it may not. And so I think what we don't want to lose within the context of going to college is one, knowing your timing and risk tolerance, and two, that education, being more interested than interesting, is extremely important for an aspiring entrepreneur or anyone that's pursuing their potential. The nice thing about it is, is that there's never been a time where we can 
receive our education at such a high level for free if that's your timing and risk tolerance. And I would encourage everyone out there to be more interested and interesting to encourage our young people, not necessarily to go to college, although all my kids went to college aligned with their timing and risk tolerance. And uh, there's many aspects of college that I wouldn't want them to miss. And they didn't have to have the financial security uh, or risk that I had to have when I went to college and law school and business school and all the other education that I paid for. But don't misguide uh, or misinterpret going to college as you shouldn't be educated. Uh, if you're not spending a minimum amount of time every day learning, being more interested than interesting, you're going to get there. I'm 55 years old and I spend a minimum of two hours a day learning. I think one of the three biggest things uh, that will make a difference over the next 10 years are those people that read because they'll be able to distinguish the truth from what's not true. AI from the original. Only if you read. It will develop that emotional and logical intelligence to determine the truth. And as much as I think that AI is one of the three things that will create the biggest differentiator in your life, I believe reading also in complement to the AI will distinguish moving forward. So be educated, know your time and risk tolerance, and decide if college is the best place to be more interested than interesting according to your timing and risk tolerance. That's a great question, especially as we were talking about our deep bench, uh, to make sure that people are utilizing all of the different aspects of education that are available and accessible to all of us. All right, Nick, go ahead, reset the room. Let's invite everybody. Join us at CES uh, in January 9th or up at Santa Clara with Gary Vee and Tim Story and Mark Leonis and, oh, I forget, uh, oh, Joe Montana is going to be there. We'd love to have you at CES on January 9th uh, with Dane Cook. We got a lot of fun stuff going on. want to invite our community, this Breakfast of Champions community of people that want to help each other and know people that can help each other. Uh, go ahead, Nick, reset the room. Beautiful. Thank you so much, David. Doing a quick reset of the room here. Happy Friday, everybody. Uh, we are, let's see, we're in the second quarter here of David Meltzer's Tower Hour in the best room in Clubhouse of the Breakfast with Champions. Of course, today's topic is BYOQ, bring your own questions. So continue to bring these incredible questions, and David will bring the answers. And all you have to do is that icon in the lower right-hand corner of your screen to request to join the stage. And of course, we will aim to bring you up. Um, and as David mentioned, um, whether it's joining us in Vegas for CES, the first week in January, David and Dane Cook, um, or even joining us at Aspire um, on the 11th of January as well, um, or even if it's just to get a copy of his book, which he'll be more than happy to send a copy, sign a copy, and even pay for shipping. All you have to do is email him directly, david at dmeltzer.com. Once again, that is david at dmeltzer.com. And you can find that in the room chat as well. Now, let's keep this rock and roll right here live on Clubhouse, Dave. Um, I am going to go ahead and bring up, let's see, we got Ron here who has been patiently waiting. Um, 
So, Ron, happy Friday. Great to see you as always. Appreciate you showing up each and every week. Feel free to unmute yourself and ask David your question. Well, all right. Thank you, Nick. Thank you for bringing me on. Hi, David. How are you, buddy? Amazing would be an understatement. What's going on? Oh, man. So, first, oh, man. So, I just want to say to everybody again uh, about the VIP dinner dinners. You know, I went to one several months ago, and the ripple effect is so amazing. You remember Janine or Jenny that you introduced me to today when we when I very first walked in? Of course. Um, so next week we're doing an event together up in Hoboken that she invited me to. And then Julie, I'm working with Julie, and Ramon is offering his uh, some of his students from his church to be volunteers to deliver food for me for uh, you know for groceries for grandparents. So uh, the great things keep happening from these VIP dinners. And I can't thank you enough, Dave, for that. Oh, um, it's, the problem I'm having now is I don't have enough room. Uh, we we <laughs> overflew last night, and we had, uh, I think, more people that were sitting outside of the private room just so they could be there to meet everyone and network and to have drinks and to listen to the speakers uh, than there were inside of the room. But, uh, yeah, they're, they're incredible. It's one of the better things that... Uh, we all do as a community to help one another. And uh, we're planting seeds under trees that we may never sit under. And what I love about you, Ron, is the acknowledgement because I get to see the trees that are growing. Uh, but I know for every Ron out there, there's a thousand other Rons that I have no idea how big the forest is growing, the forest of light. And also remember that that forest of light, it's just one particle of that light that overcomes a million particles of darkness although the dark particles are very loud they're very weak and uh just remember in your life all the dark particles and people in situations they're very loud but they're very weak and one particle of light as ron has acknowledged and experienced will overcome a million particles of darkness so don't let those weak loud particles interfere with your light and so now a question with that, Dave, is with all these great good things happening to me, I'm finding myself uh, sometimes trying to talk myself out of it, being scared, like, you know, like, you know, like, you know, it's just really happening. You know, the angel on one shoulder, the devil on the other. I'm going right to the, the dashboard or dashboard and, you know, doing our exercises. But, you know, there's that voice in the head is like, you know, put those voices there right we exactly and and so we, we have something called an ego and what happens is we somehow try to deny a fact that's omnipresent fear and fear is what protects and promotes us and when fear is present because we are putting ourselves in an unfamiliar or un certain position the ego evokes itself there's a need to be inferior there's a need to be separate 
There's a need to be worried. There's a need to be anxious. There's a need to be guilty, resentful, offended, inferior, superior, as I stated. Uh, all of these different ego-based protections and promotions come to us. And so the first thing that we want to do, Ron, is tell ourselves when we hear that voice, hey, Kissel, everybody has these voices, and ask ourselves, what am I truly afraid of? Is it something from my past? Or is it something in the future that I'm uncertain about, uncomfortable about, or reminiscing in the past some lack of knowledge or lesson that I've learned? And take peace in the fact there's only two types of fear, fear of the past and fear of the future. And then look for the patterns of the past. Look for the patterns of how we evoke the needs of the ego, the ego-based consciousness in order to effectuate what eventually reveals itself as a revelation, as an unraveling into protection and promotion. If we find the light, the love, and the lessons. First thing I want you to do is to accept the fact that you're a human being and that fear is omnipresent. And when fear presents itself in the form of a voice in my head or an external circumstance or a thought or a feeling or a belief or words from the weak, loud darkness or an action, remind, remember, recollect, I am a human. Part and parcel of something much bigger than me that loves me more than my mom. And I'm just looking for the pattern of how I react to fear. And once I start learning about those patterns, I can make better choices. But in the interim, as I'm learning about myself and what I'm afraid of in the past and what I'm afraid of in the future and the patterns of the ego they evoke in order to effectuate the protection and the promotion of that fear, I can use time to effectuate yeah. progress. I'll just spend less time in listening to that voice. I'll just spend less time with the need to be inferior or worried or not worthy or resentful or guilty or offended or angry or anxious or any of those feelings that interfere with the omniscient, all-powerful, and all-knowing, the infinite system of thought that we talked about earlier. And if you use time and you use acceptance of fear of the past and future, what you'll find is progress because this good behavior will create good progress and more trees will grow in your forest and my forest and the community will grow of people who want to help each other and know people help each other. And that fear slowly but surely will dissipate and dissolve and eventually disappear into minuscule moments of time where your conscious can't even be aware of not only what we're afraid of, but the ego-based interference that is evoked by that minuscule momentary bloop of fear that you're not even conscious of. And so I want you to practice accepting it and utilizing time to spend minutes and moments in it instead of days, weeks, months, and years. 